This is the Real Magic Podcast. Learn about great design and use it to get great results. Now your hosts, Greg Merrilies and Alan Nunez. Hello, listener, and thank you for joining Alan and I today for the Real Magic Design Podcast, where we try to unpack our experience to help designers and business owners understand how to create amazing designs and work together to make design that is profitable. I'm Greg from Studio One Design, and here's my partner, Alan, from Pixel Partner HQ. How are you, buddy? I'm good, mate. Did you actually stumble over I the did. intro? We've been, we've been doing this for so long now. <laughs> You'd think we'd know Yeah, that's heart. true, man. Yeah. Oh, well, let's keep going. And for the listener, we don't pre-record that. We do that every time because we really love raw the message so hey greg what have you been up to this week mate this week it's really relevant to our topic because we've got a special guest ryan spanger from dreamengine.com.au and he came out and i hired his services and you know he he recorded videos that i'm just about to put up on my website website and i'm stuttering all over the place however i'm really excited with the results i tried to do it myself and the results are terrible and now i've seen the actual results that have come in and they are 10 100 times better than what i could have ever done so yeah just very excited about that buddy what about you what's happening in your world mate i've seen ryan's work it's fabulous and i can't wait to see uh, your videos um what's happening in my world mate to be honest i've got like three projects on at the moment that are very much what you were just talking about where people have done a diy job and it's actually taking way way more work to fix it than it would have taken just to get it right in the first place, you know. So they're, they're design related. So there's there's a couple of different ones. There's some some catalog work, and there's uh, a website that we're fixing for the design for for somebody. And it's just, you know, it, it's a shambles, you know. And the poor client is desperate to get it fixed, but now you know we've got to almost start from scratch. So just like you with your video, mate, you know, sometimes it is worth just spending that little bit at the beginning. And it'll save you a lot of time. Yeah, couldn't agree more. All right, so on this podcast, we're interviewing Ryan Spanger from Dream Engine. Mate, Ryan is fabulous. I mean, he is, his background is in film. He now does video production for, for businesses. And the amazing thing is, is that, you know, it's, he takes the message that you're trying to get in, in in the video and he crafts it in just such an amazing way. I mean, it doesn't mean it's always done the same way, but he does everything from documentary style, which is really emotive, through to, you know, much more serious training videos. But I don't think there's one element of video that he doesn't know about. So why don't we get him in here and, and have a chat? Hey, Ryan, it's awesome to have you here today. Mate, uh, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Look, um, you've had a pretty amazing journey over the last few years. Just for the sake of the listener, can you just run through, you know, where you, you, you've you come from and, and where you are today, just so people get a bit of a gauge on your, your video company? Sure. Well, I run a video production company called Dream Engine. We're based in Melbourne and we work mainly with businesses. We create videos for businesses to help them communicate. So we help out with things like training, internal communication and web videos. My background is really in documentary making. So my passion is really about film and storytelling and working with real people. And I guess over the years, I've kind of melded the documentary making style with corporate videos and business communication in videos. So Dream Engine's been around for nearly 15 years now. And I guess the business has just grown from essentially me working as a freelancer 
um, to realizing that I was actually running a business and formalizing it and putting it in a structure um, and then starting to grow, starting to work with other contractors, helping me, starting to build staff. And now there's a crew of three of us, as well as some other contractors who work with um, businesses uh, mainly in Melbourne, but also around Australia and internationally. Yeah, and it's been a been a great journey. I've known you for for a few years now, and I've and I've watched you go from that sort of freelancer through to you know having a team and a, and a really really solid brand. Look, there are a huge amount of alignments with design and video. I think you know the the process and the outcomes, the process to achieve the best results and the outcomes are are very very similar. And I'd love to dig deeper into that. But just before we do, you know, as you've developed your brand, what part has design played in your journey and how has it impacted your business? Well, design, like everything, is um, an integral part. And, you know, video being such a visual medium, it's vital that our design looks good and it's in alignment with what we do and our values and the sorts of clients that we work with. And it's like a very early signal when people encounter our material, whether it's websites or business card or brochures or whatever it might be, that they can very quickly get an idea of who we are and who we work with and where we place ourselves. And design is just a vital aspect of that. Then in addition, not just how we communicate what we do, but how we work for clients. You know, we need to work with um, their design elements. So um, often we work with businesses where they have all their design elements in place and we need to create video which is in alignment with that. So we need to work with the same sorts of fonts and colors and style and feel and to be able to create a video which is an extension of their brand. So it's not something extra that we're throwing in but it builds on the design elements that they have already. I'm going to second that. I mean, Ryan, I hired you just last week actually to come out and do some, you know, filming for for videos of my business. And uh, yeah, the way that you take the, even the environment, like we just filmed in my house and we set it up in a way that was, it looked like a design studio and, you know, all the elements, even your place around in the studio, the lighting, all that sort of stuff. Um, And then the way you, you know, get all of those elements into the video and it looks amazing. But then the production side of it, you amalgamate the logo and and all those sort of things in a seamless way that uh, I haven't released these videos yet, but it's it's happening this week and I am so pleased with the result. It's an incredible result and I can't wait to get it out there. So let's just talk, if you could just sort of explain when you're creating a video, what is the process from the brief to the finished production? Well, firstly, Greg, thank you. That's awesome feedback and it was a lot of fun working on that video coming over to your place and basically turning it upside down, (laughs) rearranging all the furniture and and recreating things. So my process from when we first have our initial discussion is really just to listen and to ask questions and start to get a sense of who you are, the type of clients that you work with, your history, um, the product that you create or the service that you offer, and really get into your head to get a sense of like what it actually feels like to do what you do. Sometimes it's quite technical and then we have to do quite a bit of research to really understand it. So I'm in the cool position of getting a little insight into so many different worlds. So for, you know, someone who's really curious about the world and people, it's a fantastic job. So I sort of need to become like a surface expert on that subject matter quite quickly. So we spend time 
talking, I ask questions, and then I go and do independent research and start to come up with almost like a, um, like a theory of how to create a video that fits with you, know, you as a business owner or as a business, something that's going to make sense, something that's going to be authentic. So when we create the video, it's actually in your voice because basically my job is to partly speak on your behalf, like it's to work with businesses to bring out what it is that they want to say and who they want to connect with, but essentially convey your voice. So a lot of the early stage is really just taking time to uncover that. Yeah, and it's really not as overwhelming as it sounds. I felt overwhelmed before you came, thinking, oh, my God, you know, how am I going to look on camera and all those sort of things. But, yeah, you're, you do your job so well in the sense that you really make the people feel uh, comfortable. And, uh, yeah, the results, someone's got a phone going off. <laughs> oh, that was me, so right. <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the world of video production, if that happens while you're filming, you have to buy a slab Ah, I love that rule. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, well, look, you know what? That's even one that, that uh, Jason, our fabulous editor, can leave in because yeah, uh, exactly. you know what, Ryan? We're going we're gonna to pay you out on that <laughs> for years now, I think. Fair enough. <laughs> hey, listen, Ryan, we had a quick chat before the call, right? And, and you were talking about thinking of, of your business videos in the, in the same way that a, a film might be produced, right? And there's certain elements that are really, really important. Now, that's not as challenging as it sounds. Can, can you explain a little further that whole idea of, of the elements that need to be focused on? Yeah. Now, for anything that you create, there's a canvas. So like if you're painting a picture, then you've got your canvas inside a frame. If you're putting on a play, then you've got a stage and you've got the four walls. And for video production, it's the same thing. You've got your canvas, you've got your frame. You're choosing everything that goes in there. And one of the things that people sometimes don't even think about when they start making video is how much of a choice they have about what's going to appear in that frame and how every decision that you make about what's going in that frame affects the meaning of what you're communicating in some way. So sometimes I see people when they first start making video, they'll just put someone in front of a wall and have them start talking. And that's because their focus is on just the person who's speaking, but there's so much more going on in there. Now, the um, French have got an amazing, a great word or phrase for this, which is called mise-en-scene, which is M-I-S-E-E-N-S-E-N-E. -E -E -E. And the French are um, great with providing language for film. And it basically means the arrangement of objects within the frame. So when you're making video, think about the fact that everything that you might put in that frame or leave out of that frame is helping to create meaning. So, for instance, if you think about say, uh, a video that you're making for YouTube, if you're a subject matter expert, what you have in the background is going to really impact on the feel that you communicate. So like with my videos, my YouTube videos, I sit in front of the edit suite, you can see the computers, you can see the screens in the background. And that's kind of like in alignment, it's what people would expect to see, rather than just a wall or a window or something like that. And when we created Greg's video, we did a similar thing where we arranged things in the frame. We created something like a pleasing sort of design and something that focused on Greg. Um, so all of these things are decisions that you're making. And in the same way as if you go to a Hollywood film, there's set designers, um, you know, there's costume designers, there's title and you know, logo design, all of these same elements that appear in film 
you're actually making the same decisions for your videos. And I think it would be worth spending a bit of time maybe breaking down some of those different design departments. And for people making their own videos or commissioning videos, think about how they relate to your videos and how you can use them to improve your videos. Yeah, absolutely. And so, I mean, just like at a higher level, you have like different types of videos that you'll make depending on the situation for the outcome. Is that right? So, do you want to just talk about the different styles like documentary, etc.? Yeah, so in business sort of videos, the most common ones might be things like YouTube videos where you're sharing um, you know, your expertise about a particular topic. You could create a documentary style video which might tell the story of your business or of your product from a documentary point of view which might involve an interview and then cutaway footage to help tell the story. Training videos are great, so documenting processes inside your business so that when new people come into the business, they can pick those up straight away. Uh, we create some internal communication videos, so for larger organizations, instead of sending out boring emails, um, you can do it by video, which is more engaging and it's more visual, so you can show how things work a lot better. And I also notice a really uh, clever thing that you do in your videos is you put a lot of social proof in there. You, you might cut to testimonials throughout the videos as well. Um, obviously, your background is um, video, but with a point of difference because you really inject marketing because you like your videos to get the best result possible. Is that right? It is because the main reason that you make uh, like a promotional or a sales video for your business is video is a great proof element. So... You know, on our website, say in the text, we might make bold claims about what our businesses can do and who we work with. And it's great to be able to communicate that clearly. It's great to be able to show logos of businesses that you work with. But there's something about video that can prove who you are and, and what you do and what your capabilities are even more effectively because it, it becomes, you know, irrefutable. So, for instance, if you do some work for a business and you have they have a really positive experience and they are able to articulate it. You go in there and you film the actual story of what you did and what impact the work did you know, on their business and you film that and you can actually show what you did. It, it becomes irrefutable. So, for instance, if you've done some fantastic work for an IT company and you document that story in a case study video when you're speaking to business you know, doing something similar in IT, you can show them that video it's pretty obvious that um, you have the ability to um, solve their problem. Yeah, that's fabulous. <clears throat> I think it, it aligns very much with what Greg and I talk about fairly regularly, which is, you know, knowing, having a clear single outcome to the video, uh, to, to, to design. And I think you apply the same thing in video, you know, actually thinking about the purpose, not just producing it to make it look good. Hey, Ryan, I'm curious, right? Um, video over the years is just becoming more and more popular as a, as a business tool, right? What, why do you think, I mean, I think you kind of alluded to this before, but why do you think it is such a popular medium today? And, and do you think it's going to continue to grow at the rate that it's growing as a, as a business tool? I think that it's so popular because these days people mainly like to do their own research. So in the past, typical kind of sales process would be someone might be prompted to go into a physical store or to arrange a face-to-face -face meeting to discuss a product or service. And that was where they were gaining most of their information. These days, people don't have as much time available and aren't as interested in gathering information that way. And they're also really suspicious of salespeople or being sold to. <laughs> so, you know, when you think about 
the purchases that you know you've made lately often the typical path would be just to get online and do your own independent research so by the time you actually speak to the business or the salesperson you've for the most part actually already made up your mind so that's why video is so important because you need to get your story out there of your service or your product before they meet you so by the time they meet you or speak to you um, they sort of feel like they know you and they feel like they um, understand what your product is how it's um, different how it's differentiated from your competitors how you can help solve their challenge and video does that really well because you have this ability to show rather than tell yeah and so it's it's also about building trust it's a much better way to build trust than um you know because people can make their own choice while they're watching your video and like you said um you know they they will be checking you out online and they'll be checking out your opposition as well so i guess yeah trust is a huge element and you need to come across as trustworthy in your videos right i think so i think you know people are naturally sort of hardwired for a village mentality we enjoy you know, relationships for most of human history, we've hung out in kind of small groups, in kind of um, villages or clans. And, um, you know, we're now in this globalized world, but we still like naturally learn, uh, yearn for kind of, you know, one-on-one kind of human connection. And it's actually overwhelming to have access to everything and to be able to, you know, buy from overseas and to kind of just interface with businesses all over the world. So um, video in a way is kind of the antidote to that. So you can have a globalized business, but it can also be on quite a personal level. And in the same way, things like this podcast helps you to really connect on a deeper level with your audience. Video can do the same thing. So for instance, with the videos that we created for you, Greg, people get a sense of who you are, the kind of person you are, your personality, you know, you, the way that you come across. When people watch that video, they'll get a sense of this guy seems like he knows what he's on about. He seems like a decent, honest, you know, reasonable person. And it's just as much how you present as um, the things that you're actually saying. So it helps to bridge that gap when most of the interaction is happening online. It helps to connect more on a human level. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I chose video for, for that same reason. And, you know, you can't, you can't go off and do a million sales calls in one day. But online, you pretty much can if that's the way your video, um, you know, if, if, if it explains all those things and builds trust all in the one hit. So, yeah, I find putting the videos on our sales page is probably the most effective way of using my time. It gives you a lot of leverage. So ideally, you know, it would be great to be able to sit across the table or together with someone one-on-one and have a conversation. But you can only scale that to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. So video just gives you that leverage to be able to extend it. Yeah, look, and, and I think that, um, you know, it really ties in with design well, you know. So if you have a well-designed piece of collateral that is offline or elsewhere apart from your website that drives people to a well-designed website, and the well-designed website has, you know, good quality copy, colour, images, and then a high-quality video, you've covered all your different types of, of engagements with, with potential prospects. You know, some people are going to want to read things in detail. Some people want that personal interaction and it just solidifies the the entire message together. Ryan, I, I'm just curious, right? So, you know, we've, we've got a pretty good idea of, of what's important and, and why we should be doing video, 
But if somebody was sort of starting off and we could give them a little checklist of items they need to consider, you know, those elements you were talking about uh, when a film company creates a big film, you know, things like sound and, and costumes, what, what would be your, your bullet list that they should put a tick next to to consider each thing? Okay, well, the first one is that um, French phrase that I talked about, mise-en-scene, which just means think about the arrangement of objects in the frame. So when you set up your camera... Be very conscious of the fact that you're deciding what goes into the frame and what goes out of the frame. And each decision you make will affect the meaning of the video. So, for instance, if you film someone in a wide shot, that has a different emotional feeling to a real close-up shot where you're seeing more of their expressions on their face. So there's a decision that you make. You make a decision about what goes into the background, how you arrange the objects. You know, and in the same way as you, you, know, you might set dress a film, like when we did Greg's video, we essentially set dressed the background. So we didn't just look around and say, what's the best background? We thought, how can we arrange things? What, what can we move to you know, go into the background? How can we get the um, design looking really nice? How can we get the composition of what's in the frame quite nice? How can we get that balance? So that's the first element. That's a design decision. How are you designing your frame? What's going in it? You know, are you just putting someone in front of a wall and having them talk, which is a bit boring? Or are you bringing objects into the video which actually help tell the story? Another really obvious design element is the titles. So they need to be in sympathy or alignment or congruent with other design elements like the fonts on you know, the website or business card, colors, um, the overall look and feel. And the other design element is lower third titles. So when someone speaks, you get a little title that appears down the bottom. And they, each time that happens, that's an opportunity to reinforce the brand. So in the same way as, you know, the design that you guys create um, creates a psychological field, it creates an impact, these design elements appearing in the video reinforce that. Another important element in video that when people are first getting started, they don't realize they have control over is called color grading, which is once you've edited your video, you can actually give it a, a bit of a look. You know, you can give it, you can, you can change the colors a little bit. You can change the shading. You can add more contrast. You can darken certain areas. You can lighten certain areas. And they have a subtle psychological impact as well. Uh, often the sort of videos that people are creating themselves, they want them to look a little bit more filmic. So you might make them a bit more contrasty. You might want to blur the background a little bit. Um, you might want to add shadows in some areas to put people's attention on the, on the person who's speaking. So color grading is a lot of fun as well. And, you know, when you go to a film, you'll, when you think about it, you'll notice each film's got a slightly different look. Some films might be a bit more sepia. Some might be um, very contrasty or some the colors might be very vivid. Each one's given its own look. I always thought that that would be really expensive software. You know, obviously it would be that the film companies use, but do you have any, any sort of software that would be more affordable for an average business owner? Yeah, it's not so expensive. Like there's um, something called Magic Bullet, which is, I don't know, probably a couple of hundred dollars or something yeah. like that. And you can add that to your videos and it's got all these preset filters. A lot of them are quite extreme, but you can then work with those filters and you can reduce them or you can build your look step by step it's quite a lot of fun um, there's, a, there's a whole lot of other plugins as well from free to really not too expensive as well so if you're creating videos yourself you have this available so uh, so far we've got uh, setting the scene 
you know, considering your, your titles, your lower third, colour grading, then what else have we got? We've got well, well, let's think about costume design as well. That's obviously a big thing in, you know, big Hollywood films. But for the films that we make as well, we can draw on those same elements. So when you get in front of the camera for your videos, what are you wearing? You know, and what um, meaning is that sending to the viewer? So um, it has to be in alignment with your brand, basically. It's really not that complicated. Sometimes people feel like, oh, I'm getting in front of the camera. I should put on a suit and a tie. I need to, you know, you, that might actually be just right for your video or it might be inappropriate, you know. It might not be how you conduct your business. On the other hand, you get some internet marketers who feel like, they need to be in like an old T-shirt and jeans and sort of convey that, you know, they work from home. And, and that may really work. That People may watch that video and go, wow, that's fantastic. You don't have to dress up to do your job and, and I want to be just like that. Or their judgment may be that you're not taking enough pride with your appearance. So there's no right or wrong. You need to tune into what your audience expects and tune into kind of what is the essence of your brand and what, you, what should you wear to help communicate that and i noticed another thing that you do really well is you position the person in the perfect position in the frame can you just talk a little about a little bit about that yeah i mean that's basically to do with composition and our brains i don't know why it works that way but we just have humans have like a natural sense of when composition is good and when it's not and composition um i mean i'm not telling you guys probably know kind of more about this from you know, your design. But from what I understand, composition is mainly just about balance. It's about balancing elements of the frame. So it doesn't feel like things are too heavy or weighted in on one side or the other. Um, I think there's people have a bit of a misunderstanding that when they do face to camera videos, a lot of people always put themselves on one side of the frame, which is not necessarily the right thing to do. Like when you're watching TV and you see a on-the-spot news report of someone speaking to the camera, you'll notice that most of the time they're actually in the middle of the frame, and they do that because it feels balanced. If you do put yourself on one side of the frame, you need to balance out the frame with having something in the background on the other side. Otherwise, it just looks like um, there's too much weight on one side. It, it just looks unbalanced. So, for instance, the, the most popular way of doing it, you'll see this on TV a lot, is you'll have someone on one side of the frame and you'll see a lamp on the other side or you'll see a plant. That's the other popular thing um, or a computer screen. But you, it's a perfect opportunity to put something in the background, a design element that helps tell a little bit more about who you are and what you do as well as balancing the frame. Would you say that subconsciously or even consciously you try and follow like the golden ratio for proportions? Yeah, I think that from the research that I've read, like it doesn't matter what culture you're from, most design um, rules seem to apply because our brains are just sort of naturally, you know, or have evolved that way naturally. So sometimes when people ask me for advice about filmmaking, then I encourage them to um, look beyond film and look at things like painting, um, photography, um, you know, different art forms because you'll see that same sort of framing. So if you look at, say, portrait painting, you often see that um, their eyes are at the – if you break up the frame into thirds with horizontal lines, their eyes are at the second third, yeah. you know what I mean? So they're um, higher up in the frame. And the way that you position someone in the frame is going to make a difference psychologically. So if they're lower down they and there's a lot of space above their head – 
subtly or subconsciously, viewers will get the feeling or may get the feeling that they um, are a little bit disempowered. Also, the way the camera, the angle that the camera looks at them from, whether it's above them or below them, they all create a psychological impact as well. Should you have the camera at eye level? Yeah, eye level or just slightly above eye level is a good rule okay, of thumb. Okay, cool. Yeah, you don't want to be looking up someone's nose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Amazing tips, Ryan. These are great. Yeah, very good. So, Ryan, the, there's the, the last couple of things that I've got on my little notes here, which, you know, to, to, to wrap up that, that checklist, and I think that these are often quite forgotten, but things like sound and, and even the scripting, you know, take the time to get the scripting right. Yeah, I mean, sound design is just a whole other vital form of design in itself. And, you know, there are companies who specialize just in sound design and they can just take film and take it to another level. So sound design includes elements like music, sound effects. There's something called Foley, which is basically the um, additional sound effects that you may record and then add to a, a video just to add more impact. You know, things like shoes walking on gravel, uh, knocking on a door. You can start with those elements and say in drama, you might accentuate them. Or, you know, if you're looking at something like a horror film or something like that, you can really play with these things and you can really play with them in the sound mixing to, you're not only showing the realistic sound, but you're going deeper to actually communicate like the psychological impact of it as well. Now, if we step back from that, because that's not usually what we're doing for most business video production, think about how you can incorporate music. Music is the most obvious way of adding a mood or a feel, you know, to make things more exciting or somber or a way of building things up to a climax. And then there's sound mixing as well. So that's setting things at the correct level. So making sure that the voices can clearly be heard, that they're not being overwhelmed by the music. But filmmaking, is, it's, it's like a type of music in a way you can create light and shadow, you can create drama. You should also think about with your videos what the narrative arc is. And all I mean by that is do they – okay, there's another slab. There's another slab. <laughs> okay, that evens that me out. Ch- <laughs> I think we might have to edit that one out. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Very popular. Yeah, so think about do you start your videos slow, like they start off quiet and then slowly build and build and build to a climax or do they kind of – do you come in all guns blazing – and grab people's attention and then break the mood down and sort of slowly build that up again. And you can use all your design elements to do that. Yeah, that's really important because, you know, people, I guess, they want their flow, well, they, they need their flow interrupted to get their attention, but then you need to keep them in the flow throughout the video. But another way to do it, obviously, is to, to build that momentum, but as long as it's still done in a, in a flow. You guys ever try to, um, like with your design, surprise people, like yeah. give them what they expect and then just kind of something a little bit left of center. Absolutely, yeah. What about you, Al? And oh, look, I was going to say too, you know, with things like the sounds, the sound effects and the audio, you know, respect the viewer. There's nothing worse than having to listen to a, a podcast, a recording, uh, a video, and the, the audio is terrible, you know, because it is really hard to engage with that piece, you know, just, just like we would respect the reader of something that we design by making the fonts easy to read and the right size, I think sound is, is really critical. So one of the classic rules of art and design is you need to know the rules and then you can break the rules. So there's basic <laughs> things, um, you know, that applies to filmmaking as well. So you've got to get 
the sound right. You know, once you can get the sound at an acceptable level, you can then start to play with some of the rules, like you can start to make some areas louder or softer to create emphasis. You can start to bring in music. You can use mixing and sound effects and um, really play with some of those elements. But the first step is actually just getting those basics yeah and another thing that's really important we'll wrap this up shortly but is lighting i remember when uh you know you came and filmed for me just positioning the lighting made a crucial difference can you just explain what you what you do there well there's another vital design element and again with lighting you can communicate a feel uh, or a style by the type of lighting that you use so for most business videos the idea is to get lighting even and to make it as flattering as possible for people. You know, you basically just want to make people look mm-hmm. good. In drama or even in some documentary, you can start to work with your lighting to emphasize certain areas. So you can light people in different ways to create a different sort of psychological feel. Like um, you can start to get a bit more artistic. You can make um, one side of people's face a little bit lighter or darker. You can, if it's a subject matter that's a little bit more moody or dramatic or something you can use you can have like darker areas you can almost like psychologically capture what you're trying to communicate through using lighting but basically for business video it's all about making things look clean and neat and professional and quite slick and and make things look flattering so we use soft lights and soft lights are flattering, um, they just make people look better. So um, a hard light is light that goes directly onto people, like a lamp. A soft light is something that goes through some diffusion or bouncing the lights off another surface. So uh, or things like um, LED lights, which are becoming more popular, are a softer sort of light and they give a more flattering sort of feel. So I guess for the listener who's creating their own videos, think about how you can use light subtly to make it look as flattering as possible for the person being filmed, but also light your background as well. So um, think about your background is another design element and how you can light that to bring that up and make that part of the story as well. Oh, Ryan, you have just given us so much gold. I mean, I I often take notes when I'm recording and I've filled a full page. Listen, before we wrap up, this is a bit of a left field question, right? But it goes to businesses who are going to use video on their website. I really, really want to know what your opinion is on videos that automatically play when you land on on the website is that a do a don't you know like i i find it personally a little disrespectful you know i'm sitting at my computer i go to research a company and all of a sudden i have this blaring video that i can't necessarily find because it's not above the fold and you know i'm not really sure what's going on so how, how do you feel about that yeah i personally don't really like them that much and I think about my audience, you know, often the people that we're communicating with are going to our website might be working in an open plan office. So they might be disturbing the other people around them. But I I just like to be able to watch what I want to watch when I want to watch and to be able to make that decision. So I think the one place where it does work okay, something that's becoming more common, I don't know if you guys are doing um, this much with web design, is um, homepage videos in the sort of splash page area that just play. Uh, but they don't have sound. 
Yes. Yeah, I, look, I think that's a very respectful way to do it because it draws your eye to that movement. But like you say, it doesn't have the audio blaring in the background. So Yeah, it, just, it can be a little bit jarring, you know, and it can kind of um, break people's attention. And also that might just not be the way that they want to take in that information. So I think it's best to give people the choice. I also find it a little bit annoying when people take the um, play bar of the video away. So once it starts, you can't pause it, you can't watch it in the way that, that you want to watch it. So um, I think that there's more gentle ways of grabbing people's attention rather than kind of forcing them to watch something and um, forcing them to listen yeah. to it. Yeah, and use the surrounding design, you know, use the page, the headline and other elements to draw people to that video and let them make the, the decision to hit the play button when they're ready rather than being forced The thing is, it. though, that autoplay videos on sales pages do convert better. That's a proven fact. However, um, what I like, something that you do, Ryan, with your service is you, you know, you really do blend video well with marketing and you use a tool called Wistia to see the engagement of, you know, how far people are watching throughout videos so from my point of view if you leave the control play you know controls in then you can really see what's working in your video and what what isn't then you can adjust it accordingly you can and you know there's there's all sorts of research about conversion and i think it's hard to just make like a blanket rule i mean sometimes people say you need video on your site because it converts better than not having mm -hmm. video and i think each case is different and also once you drill into conversions really just deciding what does a conversion mean and what is its value you know you might you may have an autoplay video that uh, more people sign up to but then you might have more refund yeah. requests or something so it's important to see it in the bigger picture um, but I'm sure there has been some testing that's shown that. And then you've just got to really just think of, think about your audience and think about video is one element of the overall picture and how can all these elements work together in a, in a beautiful yeah, symphony. Yeah, I love what you said there. It's really thinking about the bigger picture and think of the, the lifetime value of the customer because you might get a quick sale now, exactly. but you're, you're going to piss them off for life. So, Ryan, just to, to wrap this up, we'd love it if you could give our listener one killer tip if they want to implement high quality video in their business hire a video exactly <laughs> i'm going to second that because i i did one myself and i look back at i actually put it up into a forum that we're all part of and got some feedback from ryan and he gave me his honest feedback and then you know i hired ryan and the difference is incredible so i even had really good quality equipment got a uh, a teleprompter all that stuff but the results are worlds apart so i'd second that for sure yeah, I th look, I think it's like I think it's like hiring a good designer. You know, at the end of the day, it, it's a specialised industry, and if you hire somebody that's really good at it, you're going to get phenomenal results. That being said, there is a pl of course there's a place to um, create your own videos, and I would say it usually works best if your um, client facing sales style, you know, videos like homepage video, about us video, that sort of thing. You want that to be as good as all your other, you know marketing collateral and if you can't create video that looks as great as your branding and your website and your business cards etc then you should hire a video production company or there's going to be this misalignment but you you might also be creating blog style videos social media videos fun kind of videos on facebook and those can be sometimes you know even better than a video production company when they're really spontaneous and real and authentic so, you know sometimes they can come across as a little bit less contrived or salesy than you know so there, there is a place for your own videos and i'd say the, the number one rule is it's the same as 
writing, you know, you actually need to capture a good story, like present something that's worth watching, something that it might be really fun or compelling or interesting or great information. Um, But the the first rule is it's got to be video worthy, like it's got to be worth spending the time to make it and then it's actually got to be worth your audience's time because if it's not, you're actually, um, you might actually be losing sales because of poor video. So um, once you've done that, then you need to just get the basic elements right, like get some decent sound, get it lit properly. But the most important thing is the subject matter. Yeah, gold. Killer tips. Thank you so much, Ryan. So just a couple of more questions and then we'll let you go. But uh, so what is exciting you in your business for, say, the next year or so? I'm starting to research and learn about 360-degree video, things like wearing headsets, you know, 3D and, you know, watching video in that way and just starting to kind of dig into what the possibilities are there. So they're not something that's going to impact us now, but there's all sorts of amazing technology starting to come through that over the next few years will just change how we watch video and how we communicate with each other and how we learn. Oh, fabulous. That sounds really exciting. Ryan, if if people want to find out more about Dream Engine and yourself, where's the best place for them to connect with you? Our website is www.dreamengine.com.au and we've got a lot of resources on the website in the blog section. So there's a lot of information there about how to make your own videos, how to light them better, how to get um, better sounds, really a lot of the elements we talked about, composition and framing, um, how to write a script. There's a lot of good resources there that people who are making their own videos can can read and, and help to improve their videos. Awesome. That's great. Thank you so much, Ryan. It's been a pleasure having you here, buddy. Thank you, guys. Thanks very much for having me. I appreciate it. Ryan, thank you from me and thank you from the listener. We'll catch you next time. Wow, what do you think of that, Al? Mate, that was incredible. What's your killer tip for the listener? Mate, that was awesome. You know, I think video and design align really, really well. Look, my killer tip for the listener is, you know, treat uh, the creation of video very much like you would any other designed part of your branding. You know, create a checklist. You know, take those things that Ryan talked about, you know, setting the scene, the titles, the, the color grading, you know, sound, costume design lighting script take all of those things list them out and think through them before you start and if you don't know how to do one of those elements consider getting somebody to help you yeah i couldn't agree more i mean mine's similar i mean i just love the word that he used which is a new word in my vocabulary and forgive me if this pronunciation is wrong but me sung scene i think he said (laughs) which sort of takes all those things you know that you've just mentioned into the the thought process before you even begin so yeah all those elements wrap up the uh you know the me song sing yeah definitely me song to you too <laughs> i love it <laughs> cool <laughs> all right greg mate i'll catch you on the next episode listener we'd love some comments on itunes uh or on our website and uh, we will try and we can't answer the ones on itunes but we can answer the ones on our website so jump on there and and make a comment under this post would be great you got see it you, see you buddy thanks listener thanks for listening to the real magic podcast hear more at therealmagic.com